Goosebumps, number 19, Deep Trouble by R.L. Stein. <gasps> Just when you thought it was safe. Don't go in the water. Billy and his sister Sheena are visiting their uncle, Dr. Deep, on a tiny Caribbean Caribbean island. It's the perfect place to go exploring underwater. And Billy's ready for an adventure. There's only one rule. There's only one rule to remember. Stay away from the coral reefs. Still, the reefs are so beautiful, so peaceful, Billy can't resist. But he's not alone in the water. Something's lurking deep below the surface. Something dark and scaly. Something that's half human, half fish. <laughs> Listener, beware. You're in for a scare. Nice kids. They're gonna love Dark Falls. <laughs> Somebody's out there. Something. Something. Saber's coming. Come on, man, we gotta go. Saber's hungry. Stay out of the basement! I must have your beautiful hands. Uh-oh, we're in trouble. Oh no, we's in trouble. We're in deep, deep trouble. trouble. Welcome to Welcome to Deadcast. Hi, everybody. I'm Matthew Scott Montgomery, and this is my brasha, Daniel Montgomery, and we are the Terror Twins. This is a podcast where we talk about, I don't know, goosebumps. I don't know, everything goosebumps? The 1990s book, book series. And corresponding TV show. And now, movie. I know. Hashtag blessed. Motion picture. Too blessed to be stressed. Too blessed. I know this is our first post uh, Goosebumps movie episode. If you haven't seen the movie, what do you think you're doing? I know, right? Get out and go see it. Unless it's too late. It might be. We just want to say thank you so much to all the great feedback we've I know. Gotten. We kind of blew up after we that did, movie we, came out. We, we rose up the charts. Oh my god. Thank you guys so we much. We rocketed your, up the charts. Yeah. Thank you for your sweet reviews and comments. We're going to read a couple of them. Actually, Love Actually is all around. That's true. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to... Uh, our good friend Lindsay Pierce, who's such a great listener. God, I love Lindsay. God, I love Lindsay so much. She wrote an iTunes review that says, I've got chills. And I wanted to read the first sentence of her review because it, it gives me that sense memory that I need. Mm. She says, this show makes me want to don my neon green overalls, orange sweater, and purple ball cap and ride my red bicycle all the way down to the library to get my claws on these books. I love to death as a child. That made me so happy. That's... It's just so good. Isn't that so sweet? Um, also, Arizona Diamondbacks first said, listener, beware, you'll become addicted. Let me just say that I've never taken the time to write a review for anything, ever. But I absolutely love this podcast. I want everyone to know how awesome the Terra Twins are. Thank you. I stumbled upon this podcast a few months ago as one of the best discoveries I have ever made. I wow. probably listen to every episode at least three times, which is more than <laughs> I've read each Goosebumps book. You know, I listen to them, too. Oh, when I'm, I'm like stuffing traffic and like I, I like need my you're, fix. When you're stuffing traffic? When I'm stuffing traffic like it's Thanksgiving dinners. I listen to them when I'm stuffing turkeys. When, yeah. 
Um, and then I, uh, we got another one that I wanted to re- read uh, from Dream Street, 2012. Ooh, dr- take me to Dream Street. Yes, Mama. Yes, God. Say cheese and podcast. Very interesting Ugh, podcast. Genius. At first I thought, oh, these guys are just wanting to have a podcast, a boat, a boat. <laughs> Is that what it says? A boot. <laughs> a boot something and chose Goosebumps. But after listening to one episode, you realize they really know their stuff. They oh, may know, thank they you, They may know Dream about Street. Goosebumps Universe and Arl Stein does. Oh, wow. That makes me so happy. And also, um, we're recording this in November, or as I like to call it, Yes-vember. Mm, um, yes. Just because I'm always so sad that October and Halloween are over. So Dead. I to, depressed. I needed to invent things to make myself happy. So I was like, I know, I don't know. I'll call November Yes-vember. Then I'll have something to look forward to, right? <laughs> we have a little chalkboard in our apartment and I wrote on it yes Vember oh look at me you did that's cute yeah I still have Halloween decorations up lol but it's always like this um Brandon Stewart commented on my Instagram and said your profile says this month you'll say yes to anything does this mean if I ask you to skip ahead and do a podcast for Haunted Mass 2 you'll now oblige please Brandon I know I hate to like forsake my yes Vember but I'm so sorry Brandy we gotta wait till episode 36 oh I just remembered something what I brought with me, I left it in the car, but I brought with me a little a little board game. A Goosebumps board oh game. Oh my god, yes. Terror in the graveyard. Yes, Vember. We got some really cool gifts recently and one of the, and some of them included a Goosebumps t-shirt and the Terror in the Graveyard board game. I can't wait to play. I kind of thought about maybe trying to play play it, oh, play. play it during this episode, but it may it probably won't be very fun for no. the listeners. But no, I thought not. about it. I just left it in my trunk along with my Ouija board. Oh, girl. We'll have to play. I have bags and bags of Halloween candy in my trunk Ooh, right now. We'll have to play that game. We'll have to eat that candy. It's alcohol-soaked it. candies. <laughs> <laughs> we just really want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for your feedback. Um, we've got we also want to say hi to Nick and Kelly. I hope you're enjoying your breakfast. Nick and Kelly, thank you for listening. We just love <laughs> you so much. And we've been... If you if you have if you lo- love this podcast, please let us know. Let us know on Instagram. Ke- brothers Kevin and Bradley are so sweet and always send us great little they comments. Are. They're great. They're the best. Yeah, on, yeah. So hey guys, on Instagram, uh, you can send an email to our email. Welcome to Deadcast at gmail We've gotten some emails from our super fan PJ. Hey PJ, what's up PJ? So if you have thoughts, if you wanna, if if if, if you like this, I know we're just at the beginning. We haven't even done anything yet, but. Uh, Please write a re- reviews on iTunes. Yeah, it just or pushes uh, pushes us up even further and gets us into more ears. Yeah, and if you want to stalk us on Instagram or Twitter, yes, my Instagram is Matthew underscore Scott underscore Montgomery, and my Twitter is iRobotUJane, and Daniel's are both Danny Mac seven six nine D A N N Y M A C K. I was at a party a couple weeks ago, and people were call. I'm not not to make me sound insta famous or something dumb like that, but some people I I hadn't met and. A guy said, oh, I, I, I see you on Instagram. You're friends with some of my friends. You're Danny Mac, right? And people kept calling me Danny Mac the entire night. Ooh. They didn't realize my name wasn't Danny Mac. And I think I'm okay with that. Anyway, so welcome to Deep Trouble. Yeah, let's get to the goods. Let's get to the goods. Deep Trouble came out in May 1994. Ooh. And this book continues that theme of sort of fantasy adventure versus scary. Yeah. This Much is... like Why I'm Afraid of Bees. I feel like Why I'm Afraid of Bees wasn't super scary. It was more like sci-fi adventure kind of. Yeah, and I, as a kid, I always thought this would, this one, and 
uh, was the big fake out, I always thought, because the cover of itself... Oh, yes. It's I feel deceiving. Like it's such, I feel like it's such a classic Deceptive. cover. It is and gorgeous. Even when we were at the, the, the auction for the original Goosebumps artwork, I even had a moment, I was like, do I want to buy Deep Trouble, the original artwork? It's beautiful. I think I love it. Why don't it. you explain it? So it is a giant, giant black and white hammerhead shark gorgeous. that is gunning for a boy and some flipper, flip, flip, flippers? Flippers. Flippers, and he's got kind of a neon green bathing sitch going on. It's kind of like reminiscent of Jaws, I suppose. I have to say that when we were younger, both of us, but Matthew especially, we loved sharks. Oh, God, I was so obsessed with sharks. The thing was, it was the thing where I was obsessed with sharks, but I was also scared of them at the same time. I slept with a stuffed shark named Bruce, but I have nightmares about them like every single night. Oh, my gosh, of course. So the cover of this book, and there's kind of really, I think it really spoke to both of us. Yeah, I'm also, I'm also like, you know, sixty percent Halloween, but the 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 forty percent of me is other things, but a big portion that forty portion that forty percent is summer. I love summer more and more every year, Mm. and there's a bigger part of me that's summery every year, Mm. and there's something to me about. I'm like, oh, it's summertime now. I get to read all the summery Goosebumps books, and of course, this is at the top of the list. Oh, this screams summer. And the the colors. This is the original copy that we have here. They've re-released it with a different kind of cover, even though. There's, there's a hammerhead shark on the cover as well. I don't but know without. I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, oh yes, I, I have. Yes, I have. Um, but the colors that correspond to this book are kind of like a dark midnight purple and then a flesh kind of tone. It looks like that straight up peach Crayola. Yeah, it looks like that straight up peach Crayola. Girl, I can smell that peach Crayola right I now. I can smell it too. I'm I shoving it in sh- my nose. I want to smell crowns all night. Mm, burnt sienna. Um... Okay, well, let's get into it, yo. So, our protagonist is... Well, this is how the book starts. Oh, I have to admit you. I have to admit something to you, Daniel. What? I didn't actually read Deep Trouble. What are you talking about? I listened to it. What are you talking about? <laughs> what do you mean? I didn't tell you. I downloaded the audiobook from the 90s, and I listened to it. What? Audiobook? Where? Yes. Can I play it for you right now? Yes. Wait till you hear this intro. You're going to lose your mind. Okay, Daniel, this is the intro of the Deep Trouble Goosebumps audio What are you talking about? Listen. R.L. Stein's Goosebumps. feet under the sea what i know where did you find that youtube so this was before the tv show it was where i don't know i get they released oh my gosh it's so fun it's it's cassette tapes halfway through the book they say end of tape one flip over would i ever see her again turn the tape over unless you've got goosebumps (laughs) <laughs> How many books do they have? 
Um, on YouTube, not a whole lot. In fact, the guy who posted this on YouTube, it is the only one that he has. Oh, and he God. said I... he found it at an old used book at a garage sale, an antique sale, garage no. sale. And he uploaded it online. Can I tell you that I'm relieved that that's the only one that's online? Because if it if if it was not the only one that was online, we'd have to stop recording this podcast <laughs> and I have to go and disappear and listen to all of them. What's so great, Daniel? Oh, is that is just the that is just the best. There is a soundtrack to it, and there is the most satisfyingly like Muzak '90s music that comes in. I've got, would you please send me the link? I will. It's an hour and eight minutes. Goodbye. And I'll say I'll say, I'll I'll be inserting clips throughout this episode. Oh, but I, la- just... this month I've been so busy. Sorry, this it's taking us so long to get this episode yes, out. It's been crazy. Um, uh, so busy um, that, and I've been stuck in my car so much that on a whim, I was like, I'm bringing Deep Trouble with me and I'm going to read it today. And while sitting in traffic, I was like, wait, let me search on YouTube. And I found it on YouTube and I just sat it next to me and I drove and I listened. It took a drive to UCLA and back to listen to it, the whole thing. That is that just makes me I know. know. What a thoughtful gift it was, whoever posted <laughs> that online. Gosh, that's the best. I know. Anyway, so I didn't read this one. I you listened, listened to it. To it. Yes. Well that's so exciting. Yeah. That is just surprise. Such... I didn't tell Daniel this before. I kept saying, I have a dumb surprise for this episode. I thought you were gonna make me monster blood jello jigglers or something. <sighs> Fail. We'll have well, to do, do that, that for Monster, monster Blood, blood 3. Three. We yeah. will. Something to look forward we to. We absolutely will. So this book starts off with from the point of view of, of Billy Deep, but he's not Billy just yet. Right now, he's William Deep Jr., world-famous 12-year-old undersea explorer. Deep, deep trouble. Who is hunting a great white stingray deep underwater. Ouch, my stinger. And... <laughs> That wasn't even funny or, or witty at all. I, I, I know that it just didn't make any sense. That's why it's funny. Okay, okay got it. And so we're, he's he's this great underwater explorer. We you obviously Thank know you. that. <laughs> we obviously know that this is his imagination pretty quickly, but just my imagination once again running away with me. We've already sang this song. We have. I just realized that it's okay. I appreciate you going to the harmony. Though. It's a good song. It is. It's great. So his he's searching for the great white stingray. His his air tank starts. He's scuba diving. His air tank starts to run out, and he goes, "Oh no, someone's tampered with it." Oh no, my tank. And his mask starts to fog. Get fogged up. Oh my god, the mask. The mask made me do it. So he so he tries to swim to his diving partner, and he starts to pass out, and she drags him to the surface. And when they get to the she pulls him to the surface, and when they get to the surface, everything goes black. It blows my mind how often, can I just say this? It blows my mind how often in Goosebumps books, like, you know, things go black or red or yes. white and they pass out. I also It also blows my mind in TV shows and movies when people, when there's an explosion, everybody immediately or, falls asleep. Falls asleep. <laughs> I haven't been in many explosions and I my haven't vision hasn't either. gone to black or red, so I don't know what that's like. I also haven't been punched a whole lot, but... It seems like in every TV show and every movie, when something, when a big explosive event happens, everybody gets knocked out or falls asleep and then wakes up seconds later. Like, like yeah. I, I feel like, don't you feel like if you get punched or get thrown, you, you desperately fight to stay present? Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like if I got in a bad car accident, I would just fall asleep afterwards. Yeah, I would probably need like a quick 10 second nap. Yeah, that's probably true. I'm sure there's some some science or some medical things behind it, but I'm also sure there's also not any science or any medical things behind it. There's lots of science in this book. Scientific things. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, of course, that first chapter is kind of a fake out. Lol, just kidding. He's just little old sweet Billy Deep with this great imagination like a lot of Goosebumps protagonists have. And his diving partner is his younger sister, Sheena. Billy's 12, Sheena is 10, and we immediately get into a description of them. They both have straight, straight black, black hair. hair. They're both skinny, skinny with knobby knees, knees and, and elbows. elbows and I can relate to that. I feel like sometimes my knees are doorknobs. I do too, and they just open that door. We look like the deeps. We look like the deeps. Long, narrow feet. Got Rolling that. Rolling in the deep. Dark blue eyes. Mm, my eyes are pretty light crystal blue. <laughs> and thick, dark eyebrows. Got those too. Pretty much. Who you want to be, Billy or Shayna? I'm going to be Billy. That's true. Poor Billy boyfriend. Poor Billy. And Billy says they may look alike, but they're very different because Billy has tons of imagination and he's always teasing Sheena. He has he has this hilarious nickname for her. It's Shira. And Sheena loves to say, Billy, stop it. There's no such thing. There's no such thing. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Masculent. Elegant. And they're visiting their uncle, George Deep. Dr. Deep. Dr. D for short. Parents are always scientists. Parents, Parents are, are always scientists. Parents are always gone. Parents are always gone. Parents, Parents are, are never there. Gone. But it turns out their uncle, Doc. Oh my gosh, we found out why there's always people with red hair in Goosebumps books. Oh my gosh, we did. I tweeted this, didn't Tears I? Tears almost came to my eyes because that's the kind of thing that makes me cry. The reason why R.L. Stein has so many redheads in his books is because his wife is a redhead. That's so sweet. His wife, Jane. Jane. Jane Stein. Stein. Is not Jane Stein the sexiest name you can Jane think of? Jane Stein and their son, Matt Stein. Wow. Jane Stein. But somebody asked Marlstein that on Twitter, and he responded and said, the reason why I have redheaded characters in my books is because my wife has red hair. Yes, God. Oh, I love a good ginge. I I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I love red hair. Same. Lol. Woo! I love a good Stein. Me too. Stein Mart. So... <laughs> So their uncle is Dr. Deep, and he is short. He's thin. He'd be their uncle, but they'd be calling him Dr. D. Girl, I wish somebody would call me Dr. <laughs> Someone D. Someone did on Saturday. Ooh, he had red hair, and he fell hard on his elbows and knees. <laughs> <laughs> My mouth was in a big O of surprise. I know. I let out a long whoosh of cold air on Saturday night. <laughs> Wusha hot air. So Dr. D is short, thin, wears glasses, and has a very serious, thoughtful expression. Curly brown hair, a bald spot at the back of his head, and looks like a scientist. I think it's so funny, Billy keeps saying how much he looks like a scientist. Yeah. I thought that was cute. So, here's the deal. Every summer vacation, Billy and Sheena go visit him on his sci science boat, the Cassandra. Cassandra. Now, the audiobook says Cassandra, and they say Cassandra so much, so much, that it might as well have been a dinking game. Stop it! Hey, you two, be careful down there. My uncle stood on the deck of his Sea Lab boat, the Cassandra. So we're going to say Cassandra. We are going to say Cassandra. Then we're going to say Lilandra. Wow. She our empire. Oh my gosh. Emcron Crystal. <laughs> Woo! I've been listening to Rachel and Miles explain the X-Men, which is my Goosebumps. I mean, sorry, my X-Men. <laughs> sorry, my brain is always on Goosebumps. X-Men podcast. And girl, it gives me, li gives me life I didn't even know I need. Oh man. Emcron Crystal. It really gives it to me good. That's, so, I'm never going to have kids, but now I realize if I had a daughter, I'd name, name her Emcron. Emcron. Crystal, Crystal Montgomery. 
Emcron, Emcron, come here, you're gonna be an actress whether you want to be or not. Come here, little Lalandra. Come L- here, Lalandra. Lalandra, don't do that to Emcron. Emcron Crystal, where were you last night? I'm never having children. Xavier. You leave your sister alone. Xavier, <laughs> ex Xavier, ex Machina. Ooh, what a good movie. Yes. So they visit him on his boat, the Cassandra, every summer, and. He explores vague ocean things and things that live in the ocean, and he is a scientist. Was this over Christmas? This is summer vacation. Don't they talk about at some point during? They the- do, and we'll get there. Okay, trust me. It's one. It, oh, oh, trust. Oh, trust. I do. So this summer they are just off of a tiny little island called Ilandra. Oh, Lilandra. In the Caribbean, Caribbean Sea, I never, I never know. I just say it very fast, just like Caribbean. I say the word P-E-C-A-N. Begin. <laughs> Can you give me a slice of pecan pie? <laughs> I just need two more slices of pecan pie, please. A slice of pecan pie. <laughs> we were in the Caribbean Sea, and Pirates of the... Well, you always... You say Pirates of the Caribbean, don't you? You do. And I don't mean you, I mean the collective But I feel you. like if you're having salsa, you say Caribbean salsa. Don't you always have Caribbean salsa? I'm pretty sure I've never had Caribbean salsa. Very, very hungry. (laughs) I'm so hungry. I haven't had dinner. You haven't? No. I had sushi. It was was basically like I was on the Alondra and I took some fresh fish out of the water and I cooked it up real nice. Wow, did you feel real guilty after that thinking about what happens in this book? Oh, why don't we tell them what happens in this book? So they're at the Caribbean, they're in the ocean and... Like I said, Dr. D is, oh, he's a, he's more in specific, a marine biologist, just like every girl in your elementary school wanted to be when they grew up. And boy. <laughs> the Cassandra is a big 50-foot boat with a dinghy tied to the starboard. That's how. <laughs> that I knew, I knew a guy who had, <laughs> who had a dinghy tied to his starboard. <laughs> 50 feet, that's a pretty big dinghy. <laughs> that was the boat. The dinghy's much smaller and just hangs off the side. You can say that again. <laughs> so ding- dinghy's, the dinghy's... T- <laughs> so Dr. Dinghy, the dinghy is tied to the starboard. Which, the starboard, which you... We're like one chapter in, Dana. We have I to know. get this together. Oh, but there's no corresponding TV episode, so I'm taking my sweet time. That's right, dinghy, dinghy. There is a course. There is a TV episode for Deep Trouble Two, but the TV in the TV series they call it Deep Trouble, but it's not Deep Trouble. It's Deep Trouble Two. Yes. So that's why we're not doing it now. We're doing it when we get to Deep Trouble Two. Yeah, we're just talking about the book today, and it's not good. So mm-hmm. the the dinghy is tied to the starboard, just <laughs> the right side of the boat, and a huge glass tank is on the on the port side, which is the left side of the boat. I'm just I'm just laying out the foundation for you. Yes. Because we need it later. Yeah, it so, does get a little complicated later. So they're playing in the ocean, and Doctor D warns Billy. To stay away from the reef. Yeah. He says, stay away from the reef. Clamshell reef. That's right. It's this long red coral reef that's just a few hundred yards away. And he says, stay away from that reef. So Billy decides to play near the reef. (laughs) And Billy's like, I want adventure. Same. And so he and Sheena are following this little school of tiny neon blue fish. Same. Oh, I love it. And he just... God, this makes me want to go back to Hawaii. Me too. I love snorkeling. Me too. I really do. I love it. I know I miss it. I miss it. And... He ends up by the reef by accident. I don't think so, but he ends up by the reef and he thinks, well, I might as well just go explore it since I'm here. How dangerous could it possibly be? And then as he's swimming toward the reef, he feels that tingle, that snatch. He feels that little, that little, um, I, what? What were you going to say? We, I had, okay. 
I'm going to say this. Okay. I had, a, I had an acting teacher in back at school and, and she would always say, you know, you have that thought, just, you have that, you know, talking about your character, right? She's like, you have a thought that's just like niggling in the back of your brain. It's just like, it's just like niggling right there. And I, and, and I always kind of like gasped and I guess that's a word, but I, it's hard for me to say. And, but she would it's also hard for me to hear and i know it's terrible but that's the first thing that came to my brain i was like I, you just felt something niggling at your leg oh girl oh, i feel i feel horrible saying it yeah but i think it's a word like okay. niggardly is a word it is a word it is it true is. oof that's rough let's get back that's to the really water. rough she also used to say when people were like sassy or like a little edgy she would say she has some salt that I character guess. is salty yeah i like salt i say spicy Mm, I say, I say, like a little bit of both. Yeah, for so sure. So he feels something tingling on his leg, and it's a t- it turns into a tugging, and then it starts pulling him down, 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 deep into the water. And this is what's pulling him down. Get down, get, get deeper and down. down. Get down, get deeper and down. Saturday night. Down, get deeper and down. Get down, get deeper and down. And this is what's pulling him down. He looks down and he sees an enormous dark green balloon shape with two rows of jagged, sharp white teeth, one giant brown eye, brown eye winking up at him, and 12 tentacles? Okay, so when I was listening to this part, I was like, okay, so I have contacts because I'm blind as a bat. So Me like, too. I really, if, unless I have those gogglers, I can't really see underwater. I'm assuming he has goggles, actually. He does see snorkeling. This must be some clear-ass water to be counting all those tentacles. Like, if I, if I be seeing a giant brown eye winking up at me on a balloon head, I would be like, let's see. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Twelve, twelve tentacles. Twelve tentacles. Yes. I'd be I, trying to get get out of Dodge or whatever. Uh, no, I understand. But the one of the 12 tentacles, he, this is just what he's saying, grab him and uh, one of the tentacles grabs him and pull, starts to pull him down and he tries to get away and he says his life literally flashes before his eyes. He sees his first day at school. He says, he sees waving goodbye to his parents on the school bus and then everything turns red. Like I was just mentioning earlier. Just like Jane Stein. This is... <laughs> This is a book of danger for children, and I can't, yes. I cannot believe the things that happen in this. Yes, book. this book is kind of outrageous and gets gets as adult as we've had so far. I think it gets as as life threatening and as violent as we've gotten so far. Yeah. So anyway, and let's get to the nitty gritty. And he, everything turns red when he's, and then all of a sudden he starts. He feels something pulling him up out of the water, and it's Doctor Deep. And he says, he said, I just saw Billy. I Billy, I just saw you thrashing around, and I just decided to, you know, pull you away and and save you. And then Lucy's like, I saw a monster. It was a monster. No, no, that's the wrong book. Yeah, that's yeah, Girl yeah. Who Cried Monster. Oh, yeah, okay. And he slips a rubber ring, an, a Nuva ring, around over his shoulders to to <laughs> save him. And Billy's like, oh, it was um, Doctor D, Uncle Deep. It was it was a monster. It was a monster down there. And then he feels a pinch. Oh no, a pinch. And he says, Oh no, it's bad. Back. The monster's back. It's got me again. Oh, and no. it turns out it's just, just Sheena. <laughs> and they're like, what? And Dr. Deep and Sheena are like, Billy, stop it. There was no monster. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? It's just your crazy imagination. And, prob- and Dr. Deep says it was probably all this seaweed. Yeah, that's probably it. You didn't. Billy kind of throws it away. Billy's like, meh. And then the kind of, we kind of like move forward. Yes, we just keep going. He, they start swimming back to the boat. And, uh... 
Billy realizes, oh, wow, the, that creature pulled him past that reef, like straight up past the reef. And so now the reef is between them and the boat. This all this confused me, this whole sort of sequence. The reef and the boat, all holding, confused me. And so they have to swim over the reef to get back to the boat. Over basically. the reef and through the reef to the Cassandra we go. That's, that's, that's very good. Thank you. And Sheena says, why don't we race back? Yes. And they're like, yeah, that's cool. I'm going to win. I'm going to win. So Sheena has to swim around the reef because Dr. Deep told them not to go over the reef. But Billy thinks it'll be faster to swim over the reef because I can't imagine how long it would take to swim around a reef. Yeah. Seriously. So he, when he gets to the reef, he stops for a second and just to turn around to see where Sheena is. And he, sa- he decides he's going to stop and rest his feet on the reef. And then, ouch! He got burned by some fire coral, and that has happened to me in Puerto Rico. Yes, I think of that often. It burns like a little bitch. Have you had? Have you been stung by fire coral before? It's one of those things where I remember you getting stung by it and how much it hurt you, and I can't remember if it happened to me or not, or that's your memory. Twinsies. I, I don't like, remember. It burns like fire on your on your feet, and I remember yes. like it hurts. It's so a poison. Bad. Yeah, it like hurts. It stings so bad. like nettle needles. Yeah, and like Sharon nettles. Yeah, it like. I remember, like, we were, like, we were, like, in first grade or something. I I don't remember. I do. I was, like, out on the water, whatever, and I had to go back with a bunch of natives and fly, swim back on, like, an inner tube or whatever. Natives? Yeah, because they were talking, they were speaking Spanish all the time, and I couldn't understand them. the indigenous peoples? (laughs) No, Puerto Ricans. Yes. Anyway, so I just remember listening to their soothing, gorgeous sounds in there while my foot just burned and burned. And you've been attracted to them ever since. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Call me. So Dr. Deep comes swimming. So Billy starts screaming. Dr. Deep comes back to save Billy again. <sighs> the boy who cried sea monster. And starts to hold and... and Doctor, and it's mentioned that Doctor Deep holds onto the, that rubber ring, which made me realize that rubber ring was around Billy that whole time as he was like racing and swimming. Oof. I thought, I, I thought that was an interesting. You know, there's detail. also a graphic, a graphic novel. Oh, interesting! I would love to see that. Yeah, I have it. I'll get it. And just keep talking. And I'll go grab it. Okay, so. And D- Billy, uh, Dr. Deep explains to Billy that that's, oh, what you stepped on fire coral. That's one of the reasons I told you to stay away from the reef. It's a poison that burns. And he says, wow, it's a good thing you didn't cut your foot on the coral because it could have seeped into your blood and paralyzed you. Wow, we're looking at the graphic novel right now. I, I would really like to read this after. We will. We will. We'll read it. It's, it's fascinating. Yes. I, I love seeing the graphic novel versions of, of some of these books. They released this uh, uh Three three Goosebumps books in one. Three ghoulish graphics tales. And this one's called Terror Trips. Is it? Uh, and Shocker and Shock Street, um, One Day at Horrorland and Deep Trouble? It is. Wow, those are some heavy hitters. It is. And, it, and they're very, very well done. Please so, to read all of those. Yes, please to read them. If you want to Google or check out Amazon or somewhere where you can get these. I don't know if they still sell these in stores or whatever, but the graphics, Barnes & Noble. The, you're right, they're called graphics. The Goosebumps graphics novels graphics. are... Really well done. Yeah, they're really, really well done. And this is, they have... They are just they have deep so trouble. great. And the one for... T- Goosebumps Graphics number two, Terror Trips. Really cool. Yes, second is the so, best. <clears throat> so Dr. Deep says, reminds them, reminds Billy, you should really stay out of the coral reef. Are you calling him Dr. Deep? It's Dr. D. Do they really call him Dr. D? In the audiobook, they do. Well, then we're calling him Dr. D for sure. Cassandra. And... 
So <clears throat> Dr. G just says, listen, again, it's dangerous. There are dangerous creatures in the oceans and in the dangerous creatures in the ocean, just the one. Yeah. And I made a note that I was like, wow, they have a lot of deep, long conversations, pun intended, it just floating in the water. They like have like expository conversations talking, just floating in the oh, water. Think about how tan they must be. Ooh. God, I want to go to... Th- I want to go on a vacation. It's confusing. Yeah. We are going on a vacation. I know, but I want to like go in the water. Okay. Okay. So they swim back to the boat finally, and then, again, this is the third time, maybe fourth time this has happened. It's only like chapter two, and Billy feels something tickling his leg. And he's like, Sheena, stop it. I told you, but it's not Sheena. Because she's not, there's no one there. There's nothing. Who is there's it? nothing there. Who could it be? So they get back to the boat, and on the boat is Alexander Dubrow. Uh-huh. Alexander Dubrow, who's Dr. D's assistant, and there and he helps him get on board and Billy's like, I saw a monster, I saw this monster. And Al- Alexander kind of winks at Sheena's like, if you say so, Billy. Billy's like, nobody believes me. And Alexander's like big and buff. Well, for- we'll get there. Oh. Bi- Billy s- Billy says he wanted to punch his lights out. <laughs> I want to punch his lights out. Nobody that's believes good, me. That's a good one. So he says, big deal. Science student, what does he know? Bitch. So this is Alexander. He's in his early 20s. Now we're allowed to talk about him. <laughs> I make notes of things that I want to talk about. Uh-huh. You just, you don't even read the books. You just listen to them. <laughs> I make notes. <laughs> Alexander's in his early 20s. He's a football player. He's 6'4". He's muscular. He's thick and wavy. He is thick and wavy. He has thick and wavy blonde hair and blue eyes that crinkle in the corners. He has broad shoulders, big powerful hands, and smooth dark skin. So basically, I'm clearly in love with him. You should hear his voice. He sounds like he's 45. Oh, wow. Yeah, he sounds like an old 45. That's what a 45 year 45? That doesn't sound like 45. Hello. <laughs> No, that, it's not anything like that's that. A, that's, that's 85. Yeah, I know. I'm just like being whatever. So he's very, what we're saying is he's very, very uncomfortably attractive and a huge, massive sexual human being. Yeah, sensual. Sex. Sex. So Alexander's cooked them lunch. He's a terrible cook, you guys. He's so terrible. But he thinks but, he's so great. But with an ass like that, it doesn't matter. Oh, seriously. You just have to lay there. <laughs> <laughs> so they got, on, they got on board the Cassandra and... They talk about sort of the layout of the boat. There's tiny cabins below deck, a tiny, basically a tiny, they each have tiny sleeping cubbies with just enough room for a cupboard and a boat and, and, a, and a bed. I'll tell you, yeah. Wow. Sheena has one and Alex, and I guess Alexander and Dr. D have bigger ones. And Alexander makes them lunch that day and he makes them chicken salad sandwiches. And it's kind of like a running joke in the book. How, what a terrible cook Alexandra is. Yes, and Alexander, they they, they have, <laughs> what? There's this, this stupid moment. Well, so they're in, they're, so they're, much. they're in the galley. No, no, no Daniel will tell it. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote the notes. He I wrote just want them. to talk about where where they are. Okay, they're in the galley. There are cabins and off. There's all this stuff underneath the boat. I don't know how Arlstein can fit it all underneath there. I don't know. But they're in the galley, which is basically just a, a room with a built-in table, built-in seats, and a small area for cooking. And Alex has made this terrible chicken salad, and Billy takes a bite out of it, and it's so spi- it's spicy. And this is—is is this a chapter break? Yes, this is the part that I thought was so funny. Was that he goes, "Oh no, my mouth is on fire! You put fire coral in the chicken salad, and it turns out it was just chili pepper." Yeah, which I had the Trader Joe's sriracha kettle chips. 
I sat down and ate a whole bag. How did you do that? Do you know it's not a great idea? What? To eat a whole bag of sriracha <laughs> kettle chips and also eat a bag of gold coin chocolates <laughs> and go back and forth between a chip and a chocolate. What are you? Why did you do that? I couldn't stop and um, I felt real, real sick later. <laughs> I love those gold coins. Give me them gold coins. coins give, give me, me them. them coins. Do you know what I also did a couple times? I, I, I bit into the coin before I took the foil off. Oh, yes, God. No, it hurt my teeth, and it felt like metal because it is, and I've really hurt my teeth and my body. I almost bought some at Barnes & Noble the other day. Because, gold coins? Yes. When you checked out of Barnes & Noble the other day at the Grove, you could be buying a bag of gold coins with your book. I have to, if I see gold coins, I have, chocolate gold coins, I have, I, know. I have to buy them. I turn up for a coin. <laughs> I do. I have to have those coins. Yeah, no, like, same. G- give me them coins. Give me, give me, give me them coins. Do you remember the first time we had chicken salad? No. Ain't being Uncle Tim made us chicken salad in Virginia that one time on wheat bread. And I remember thinking. Was it good? No. I remember thinking, and they cut it diagonally, diagonally. I remember they cut it like that. I remember thinking, this isn't good, but this is chicken salad sandwiches, and I'm going to eat this whether I like it or not. Wow. I must have repressed that. It could have used some fire coral, some salt. Mmm, some, give me some saltiness. Mm. So instead of uh, chicken salad, they have cereal instead. Same. Lol. So after lunch, they're hanging out in the lab. There's also a lab on the uh-huh. boat. Oh, mm-hmm. There are three big glass tanks along the wall. Yeah, I just want to set the scene. The smallest one has two little bright yellow seahorses. Cuties. And an underwater trumpet. Uh-huh. An underwater uh, trumpet is a long red and white fish shaped like a tube. Okay. I'm giving us some education here. Yeah, edutainment. And there are a lot of guppies swimming around in that small tank. Mm, we used to have guppies. we used to have a tank of fish. We did, but your stupid old fish ate all them fish. He did. I had a fish named Rainbowy. I had one named Sea Throughy. Because it was that fish where you could like see through or whatever. Yeah, real creative cheering. <laughs> but but Rainbow, we ate every every fish, and we gave him to the church aquarium, Aunt Janie's church aquarium. Uh huh. That's a sentence. So the, there's another tank that has a, a flame angel fish, um, <coughs> which is orange. What'd and- you call me? <laughs> Which is orange, red like fire, and a harlequin tusk fish serving you fish, mama. <laughs> Which is an orange and aqua tiger that has orange and aqua tiger. Oh, gagging for your Luke. <laughs> has orange and aqua tiger stripes for camouflage. Same. And then West Hollywood. The biggest tank. I know I'm basically just explaining a Friday night in West Hollywood. Yes, God. The biggest tank had has a long black and light. I cannot get this. You want me to read your notes? A long, there was a long black and yellow snake-like thing with a mouthful of teeth. And his name was Big. Show me your teeth. Hey, I've been listening to so much art pop recently. The fame monster. I've been listening to art pop. Really? Yeah, it just, that stupid thing happened with your update on your iPhone, and now your all of my music is there. And I it's, hate it. And it's so confusing and takes forever to, like, figure out my music. And it's a total mess. Garbage. So all of my music is on there, even though I specifically picked which music I wanted to be there on my yeah. iTunes. Yeah. And art pop is one of the albums I have in there, and I've just been listening to it. And it's pretty good. And they're, that, they're in that. Mm-hmm. That that black and yellow snake-like thing is is Biff the Black Ribbon Eel. Okay. That's his name. That's a cool name. 
there's also this control panel too in the lab and Billy notices one of the red indicator lights is on and and he's like, what is that? Alexander says, oh, that controls the Nansen bottle. Oh, the Nansen girls. And it collects deep seawater and it's broken. Marilyn Nansen. <laughs> and uh, I, I've, told, I've talked about this on the podcast before where Nancy comes from mine, Anne. You talked about that on Carry On. Oh, I did. You did, which I just listened to yesterday. Our friends have a Sex in the City podcast called Carry On, which Daniel and I guest star on. But Daniel's like the star of like Carry On. Like crowds go wild for his commentary. That's not true. Mm, kind of true. But people write reviews and they think I'm pretty cool. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So you should listen to that. But now you're listening to us. Yeah, we're going to talk about a Goosebumps book at some point. Ooh. So the Nansen bottle's broken and Alexander says, yeah, that we, we've been meaning to fix that, but we can't. We can't afford it. So this is where they start to insert This is where we get I- into some plot. Okay, go for it, Daniel. No, you go for it, Matthew. No, we, I was just going to say we were going to get into some plot. Oh, that's no, it. No, I was going to say where they start setting up this idea that Dr. D doesn't have a whole lot of money and that the Cassandra and all the marine Girl, biology, I know. all the marine biology research they're doing, they can't afford to do it for much longer because they can't afford shit. Girl, I heard that. Yeah, turn up for a coin. So this basically this university in Ohio, this nameless university, gave them money for research, but it's been running out. Oh, and <laughs> yeah. that is some deep musical theater. If anyone knows Ref- the King and I reference I just made, then snaps for you. Wow. I'm not even sure they heard you. That was the tiniest little Ohio I've ever heard. Uh-huh. Out of all the Ohios I've heard in my life, <laughs> and girl, I've heard a few. Yeah. I was in that play. Okay. Oh. So Billy's like, what are you going to do when the money runs out, Alexander? And he's like, I don't know. And Billy says, that makes me so sad. Do- you see, what would Dr. D do if they didn't have the Cassandra? He yeah, doesn't. What would Dr. D do? Uh, he doesn't do well on land. He remembers this one Christmas uh-huh. when Dr. D spent the whole... Spent the, spent Christmas cr- time is here. <laughs> he, spent, he spent Christmas with Billy and Sheena and their parents. And the whole time he spent... He, over Christmas, he, he kept pacing back and forth and barking out orders like he was on a boat. <laughs> And apparently he said to, he said to Sheena swab the decks at one point, and then Same. their da- their dad said that he had to pull it together or or leave. And then Doctor D said that apparently spent all of Christmas Day in a bathtub playing with boats. And there's the actual sentence is as long as he stayed in water, he went back to normal. And that sounds really dangerous and scary to me. Yeah, I know, right? Christmas Day in a bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> that's how i want to spend my christmas day i don't know year. when i listened to that part i was kind of like girl dr d i know how you feel you do like i like the beach so the next part that happens <laughs> <laughs> so next thing we know a bolt a bolt pulls up to cassandra oh no a bolt it pulls, it pulls up to cassandra which one did you like i liked both <laughs> There was this guy that I used to be in love with, and I found out that he used to, he said instead of saying both, he says both, and then I decided I love that. That's cute. Thank That's really cute. You. Yeah, love is cool. So, the a boat pulls up next to the Cassandra, and on the boat are two neatly dressed people in in khakis and button down shirts. There's a man with a short, neat haircut, a woman with a brown pony, and a black shoot case. And Alex says, "Pack my shoot case." So Alex says, Alexander says, you should feed Biff the black ribbon eel while I go figure out what's going on. So 
mean, after Billy feeds Biff, he decides to go get some fresh air and he go, he walks by Dr. D's office and hears them talking and it must be the and he it must be the two people from the boat. And he hears someone say, I don't care how you do it, but I want you to find that mermaid. So here we go. <clears throat> Here's the secret, you guys. Deep Trouble ain't about no black and white hammerhead shark. It be about straight up mermaids. That's right. <laughs> so he starts listening through the door, and apparently Fisher's nearby. This is what these two people are saying. It's, their names are Mr. Showalter and Miss Wickman. Uh-huh. They're talking about... These fishers nearby have spotted a mermaid, and they say that they have multiple people have seen this mermaid, and and they've all have the same description down to the smallest detail. This is the detailed description of the mermaid. <laughs> she looks like a young girl, except for the fishtail, and she's small and delicate with long blonde hair, and her tail is shiny and bright green. They've all seen a, a mermaid that. Fits that exact detailed description. This really bugs my bug because when I was listening to this, I I rewound a couple times because I'm like, what the fuck does she look like? Does she have shells covering those tits? That's one. That's one big thought I had the entire book. I was like, what about her tits? Yeah. (laughs) What about her face? That's the first thing we need to know about a mermaid is what about dim titties? I mean, when I was a little kid, every time I would pick up a Little Mermaid book, I would straight up look for those tits and see what they did with those tits. How do you, oh, I keep thinking about the the Little Mermaid movie movie with Chloe Grace Moretz and what are they going to do about those tits? They're probably going to be shells over her tits. Does that make sense for a mermaid to have shells over her tits? Of course not. But does it make sense for Chloe Grace Moretz's tits to be flopping out for ninety minutes? Uh, yes. It's called splash. No, I, <laughs> I okay, maybe. You're, they covered. They covered and splash was PG. It was. I'm pretty sure. Okay. You know, Demi legit believes in mermaids. Like, actually believes in them. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, but we've watched a few special on mermaids, and you would be surprised that I still don't believe in them. <laughs> Remember that time we went to that party and there was that mermaid in that pool? Oh, yeah. K- Kaylee's hi- the, the yeah, Ryan Kaylee's surprise party? Yeah, Ryan's surprise party. Oh, my God. There, there was yeah. an actual, they hired a mermaid to swim in our friend's friends party we'll just say that yeah friends birthday par- surprise birthday party thing and they hired a mermaid to swim and she looked like a real mermaid she did you didn't know how she got that tail on and she didn't stop swimming and apparently they they you you're not allowed to see her get into the pool or get out of the pool so we we couldn't be around when she got in the pool oh. got out of the pool and they had to keep the pool at a specific temperature remember yes it had to be like 76 degrees or something. Like she was beautiful. She, she was, was beautiful. like small and delicate. She had blonde hair and like oh my a, God. a neon green tail. She's that mermaid. It was it was her. It, it must be her. it must be her. We could have gotten one million dollars because that is what Mr. Showalter and Miss Wickman are offering Dr. D. If he can find the mermaid, it is one motherfucking million dollars. Listen, yo. I would have kidnapped that girl from that party for one million dollars. Yeah, I would have I would have killed that girl for one million dollars. I'll kill it, I'll kill again. Yeah, for sure. So Billy's overhearing all this, and Dr. D kind of hesitates and says, I don't know. I feel bad. I feel weird about p- capturing a mermaid and putting her on display. And I wouldn't feel weird about $1 million in my pocket. So Mr. Showalter and Miss Wickman assure him, listen, we take really good care of her. We, we promise you she would get the utmost in attention and sweetness. And they, then they say, and you know what? And if you don't do it, somebody else is going to take her. You know, somebody else is going to do things to her. You know, R.L. Stein does a good job in this book of, like, justifying this kind of thing. You know what I mean? Because it's like, no, the mermaid. Yeah, it really justifies the beans. Yeah, the the end justifies the beans. Um, But, like, when it's like, you know, 
whatever, does a good job of justifying it. I stopped caring about what I was saying. Let's keep talking. So he, Dr. D agrees to do it. And they say, all right, it's of the utmost important that you keep this a secret. And as soon as they say, say this, Billy accidentally loses his... Achoo! Accidentally loses his balance and crashes through the door. Same. And everybody freaks out. And they're like, you, they he heard... They totally it. freak out. It's like, he... He overheard everything, but Alexander and Dr. G say, no, no, Billy can keep a secret. Got a secret. Can you? And this is the reason why Billy can keep the secret, because he's very serious for someone his age. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. And they said, just don't tell Sheena, because she's too young to keep a secret this big. She's too young and stupid, okay? She's 10. She can't handle the secret. But a 12-year-old with a wild, wild imagination who can never follow rules, we can trust him. Okay. Do you promise? Do you promise? And they say, all right, we're going to trust you, Dr. D. Get this mermaid. We'll come back in a few days to pick her up, okay? okay. So that <laughs> night, so that night, Billy decides to go out. And he says, I'm going to find the mermaid myself. This is smart. Going swimming in the middle of the night. And so he says, I'm going to go out and find her myself. So I'm going to swim past the reef in the middle of the night to get the mermaid. Ugh. Does he even have his Nuva ring in? So... <laughs> So he swims past the reef, and once he gets past it, he hears a big rumbling, and then a huge wave rises from the water. No, it's not a wave. It's a monster oh, breaking no, through the surface with his muddy brown eye and tentacles. Oh, no, all 12 of them. And then one of the 12 tentacles shoots out and starts to squeeze Billy, squeeze him to death. No. And he squeezes him, and when he realizes, oh, wait, it's not a tentacle. It's his sheets. He's in bed having a sexual dream. Same. And it was just a nightmare. Oh, man. He looks out and realizes it's not the middle of the night. It's that early morning. Ah, just got in an early morning. <laughs> hooked up with a guy named Joe. <laughs> I'm not even going to put the clip in there. I'm just going to let people figure that one out. Figure it out. And he, he looks out his little porthole and sees that it's... <laughs> And he sees that it's that pink, dusty sunrise. little pink porthole. <laughs> Sorry. It's that dusty pink. <laughs> Even your pink sky. Even your pink porthole. <laughs> <laughs> so he realizes, all right, I just had this nightmare about swimming to capture the mermaid. So I'm going to get up and swim and capture the mermaid. So he sneaks out to go swimming, snorkeling. I rubbed my eyes and peered out the porthole. The sun was just rising over the horizon and the dark water looked inviting. I slipped into my bathing suit and crept out as quietly as I could. In the galley, I saw a half-empty pot of coffee sitting on the warmer, which meant Dr. D was already up. So I tiptoed down the passageway and swim towards the lagoon past the reef and swim towards the lagoons. <laughs> <laughs> what they're good for you. So he feels something scratching and pulling on his leg. This is the sixth time this has happened. Drink. And he realized, he looks down and says, it ain't seaweed because seaweed don't have no claws. That's right, mama. And it turns out it's not seaweed. It's not the monster. But again, it's Sheena. And she's followed him. She saw him wake up or something. And she knew he was up to something swimming at effing 630 in the Kids morning. Don't wake up that early. And Although we did, we woke up that early to go to the pool, didn't we? Yeah, we did, but we had to. Not on Saturdays. Do we wake up that early on Saturdays? Some Saturdays we had to get up that early. Do we eat chicken salad? Not at the pool. And Sheena says, I knew, you, where are you going? What are you doing? Why are you up this early? Something's up, you know? Either that or you're crazy. And he says, well, it uh, must be crazy because he can't tell he's looking for a mermaid. And he, she says, we should swim back. But Billy sees a splash from across the reef. 
He knows it's the mermaid. It's got to be the mermaid. mermaid. But we can't tell Sheena. She's too stupid. So he has to go find her. And then he sees another splash across the lagoon. Oh, no. Towards the shore. Well, there's another splash. Which, which way should he go? Splish, splash. I was taken aback. So he looks underwater, but he can't see anything because his mask is foggy. And then he cleans it, and then he there's looks... There's no and, bottom to this mask. And he looks and sees that... He sees what it is that's in splashing, and it's a 10-foot hammerhead shark heading straight towards him. God. Real mortal danger. Real. The scariest thing I can possibly think of. Heading straight toward him. He panics. He sees Sheena. She's already making her way back towards the boat. And then he realizes that that hammerhead shark is headed straight towards him, but goes past him and starts to circle around him. Tighter and tighter circles. Too scary. Way too scary. And he says, I've got to get to the reef somehow and hide in the reef, maybe. Something. He doesn't know what to do. Hide right in the fire coral. Because, again, the boat is between him. The reef is between him and the boat. Uh Uh-huh. And... So the shark Lando. circles towards him, bumps him with its ha- with with its hammerhead. Too scary. Bumps him so hard that Billy gets pushed out of the water. Terrifying. And splashes back down, and then circle backs down. You guys, listeners, <clears throat> and bites him. I was so shocked that they didn't like. And then there was not some description of serrated teeth taking out chunks, chunks of his skin and blood in the water because the straight up shark bites his leg. Yes. Well, first. It, it, it goes to bite him, narrowly misses, and then he makes it to the reef in time, grabs the reef on the fire coral, hides in the fire coral, ouch, 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 and starts to pull himself on a piece of it that's kind of above the water yeah. to get out of the water. And that's when the shark bites him and pulls him down. You guys, that shark pulls his leg down and scrapes his naked body against the fire coral. That's crazy to me. You know, when I was re-listening to this book, um, I, 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 I had... I had built it up in my head so much that there there ain't no sharks in this book. I remember like the no. tentacle monster, but I thought it was all mermaids. So when I was re-listening to this, I was like, oh, woo! Like, this is getting like kind of fucking crazy. And I guess the cover of the book ain't lying then. It's not. It's actually pretty accurate. Yeah. And so it starts to pull him down, and then the shark gets distracted by a splash nearby and lets yeah. him go and starts to go towards where the splash was. Yeah. And so Billy's like, thank God, it's not, you know, I'm not going to die right now. But then the shark circles back and charges at Billy when all of a sudden something attacks the shark. And something starts hitting the shark with its big green tail. Huh. I wonder what it could be. And they get, the shark and this creature get into a fight, and Billy hears this shrill squeal. <laughs> And the shark pops its head out of the... Billy's just watching this. The shark pops its head out of the water, but it gets smacked hard by that green tail. And then one final big smack, and the shark speeds off. And then then Billy hears a beautiful and slightly sad whistle hum. I imagine it's like a friendly, not-speaking, moaning murder. Yeah, that's, that's probably accurate. Yeah. And sees the creature's head lift out of the water, and it's the mermaid. Yes. He's now, amazing. she sounds gorgeous. She has wide sea green eyes, <sighs> pale pink glowing skin, shale, shale pink lips with long blonde hair and gorgeous. tiny pink teacup breasts. Oh, flipping her fins, she won't get, get too far. far. Legs are required for jumping, dancing, strolling down the What's that word again? Street. Up where they walk. <laughs> Up where they run. Up where they stay all day in the sun. 
I just literally closed my eyes and was healing myself. He tries to talk to the mermaid, and she just hums and coos back. And he grabs his burning red Sometimes hand. Sometimes you don't even have to say anything. You just gotta coo. Yeah. So she grabs his burn. He grabs his burning red hand, and it's like Burnt ouch, Sienna. ouch. And she grabs his hand, and it's instantly cooled. And her hands heal his burning, fiery red body. Oh. Sha la 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 la. Don't be shy. But some my go on and kiss the girl. Whoa, I should probably whoa. insert Ashley Tisdale's cover of Kiss the Girl right here. Kiss the girl. Sha la 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 la. My oh my. Looks like the voice you shine. Kiss the girl. Oh, it's a jam. God, I love that song. So they basically fall in love. It is. She starts making these low singing sounds and then just- but Daddy, I love him! And why don't you go tell my father? You're good at that. Ariel. So then she swims off and he's like, where did she go? And then he feels a pinch and he's like, Sheena, stop pinching me. But no, it's the mermaid. It was her. Those pinch- She's going, pinch, pinch, pinch. And it was her all along. She's been pinching. She's been flirting. They giggle and flirt. Mermy, it was you? Mermy, and then they're having the wildest, sexiest time, and then a big dark net falls over no, them. It's no. the dark net. It's the deep net. No. And pulls them out of the water, and she starts screaming. <coughs> starts screaming. <coughs> and it's Dr. D and Sheena on the dinghy. Oh, no, it's the dinghy. <coughs> Interrupting their internet. <coughs> Stop <laughs> coughing. So they're pulled onto the floor of the dinghy. For those of you that don't know, when I Googled a dinghy, <laughs> a dinghy is a small boat, yeah. like a really small little blow up little boat that hangs on the side of your starboard, or was it your port starboard? I don't know why you're looking at me. So, and the mermaid is angry and starts making sharp, angry clicking noises. And Billy's like, "What are you doing?" Well, they make secret. it. They make it back to the boat and they basically keep them in the net and throw them on board nothing but net and billy managed to get out but they keep the mermaid in the net and billy <laughs> matthew's laughing at <laughs> having really hard at some joke oh you want to turn your mail off daniel we're trying to record here <laughs> i forgot yeah and and he's like we have to throw her back what are you doing and doctor's like no we have to examine her first and sheena and alexander are in sh total shock yeah they're like i can't believe we got this mermaid and sheena's like what are you talking about and billy's and then, like yeah, yeah yeah there's a mermaid get over it you're young you're stupid and alexander notices billy's bleeding leg because a shark had bit his leg and pulled him and down to the, the yes that's right he'd been attacked by a hammerhead shark and billy says forget my leg it's fine and i'm like oh really billy it is well maybe mermy with her magic secret touch he it a little bit she didn't okay i know she didn't well in the audiobook she didn't no the mermaid <laughs> so the mermaid just clinging and scream screaming and clicking and clanging on the boat and alexander gets some gauze for billy's leg and billy's like who cares the cut isn't even that deep and i'm like oh really didn't a shark just bite you Oof. didn't make no sense to me so they start filling that glass tank that was on the other side of the boat, and they're going to keep the mermaid in there, and they throw her in there, put this this mesh screen on, screen on top of it. Later, we find out that this tank is six feet tall. Yeah. How did you get that mermaid up in there? How did you get that on the boat? Yeah. That's one huge-ass tank. Six feet? Girl! So once they put the, the mermaid in the tank, she stops moving and sinks to the bottom, and she's dead. <laughs> 
So that's it. And Daniel's notes, it says, oh no, she dead. I did say that. And it's, no, 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 wait, I'm confused. She's not dead, she's just crying. Oh my gosh, that happens to me all the time. I was watching, um, I had a boy over and we were watching Silver Linings Playbook and I can't stop crying at the end of that movie. And he and thought, he you thought were I was dead. Yeah. He thought I was dead. It was so embarrassed. Called 911 and I was like, no, 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 it's all a mistake. I was just crying. Oh, I always get those two confused. Yeah. So... She's just crying. And Billy's like, God, she must be hungry. She's all, she must be hungry in there. Whom? I wonder what she would like. Maybe some cookies. So he gets her some chocolate chip cookies and she doesn't even recognize them. It doesn't even look at them. Yeah, he just throws the cookies in the water and they sink to the bottom of the tank. No, they dissolve and like crumble in the water because they're cookies, you stupid. You're a fucking idiot, Billy. Even I know mermaids don't like cookies. (laughs) So Dr. D decides to take his boat to Santa Anita. Santa Anita, hook it up to get some supplies. And he said, I'll get all different types of who's to see what she likes. And Sheena takes a nap. What? She can't stay awake. Stupid. She could have taken the the Nina, the Pinta, or the Santa Anita. (laughs) (laughs) The Nina, the El Nino. So Alexander preps some equipment, and Billy's just left with with the mermaid, with Mermy. It's okay, because they're in love. And, you know, he gives her the cookie. She doesn't eat it. And he tries to communicate with her. but And he's like, oh, it's working. But it turns out she's just mimicking everything he's doing. <laughs> Alexander comes out with a thermometer and some long white plastic tubes and just shoves them in the tank and gets a notebook. And the mermaid's just cooing at Billy. But she's still so sad. And Billy can tell that she's sad because he can see that she's wiping tears away from her face. Yeah. In the, in the wa- underwater in the tank. Yeah, that makes sense. That, that that's that's some poor writing, I think. Yeah, sorry, Robert Lawrence, but it's that's some piss poor writing. It's it's kind of piss poor, actually. Wipes the tears away. She's underwater. Yeah. What? And Billy's like, you know what? I'm just gonna set her free. So he tries to pull the screen up top off, but it's six feet tall, so he can't get to it. Yeah. And she starts screaming, and he's like, "Stop screaming! I'm trying to, you know, don't tell Alexander. Alexander will stop." Is Alexander us. marinating some squid? He is. Alexander. stops Billy and is like we can't and Billy's like it's wrong and Alexander's like I know but you gotta understand this money would mean so much to your uncle we played running charades last night at at the game fuck you was it fun it was really fun oh damn it and our our team won running charades by like nine like nine different games the other team only got like Molly was really pissed but one of the one John one of John's words was bitch better have my money and we got it so fast yeah you did we got it real fast I'd want John on my team he was on my team and we did very well it was it was a lot of fun yeah so he says, Billy, you don't understand this money will mean a lot to your uncle and she's going to be really taken care, well taken care of. It's fine. And he says, how about I show you how the sonar probes work down below? Will that make you feel better? And I was like, that'll make me feel better, Alexander. Show <laughs> don't me go how to the second location. Please show me how the sonar probes work. And <laughs> the mermaid just slumps slowly, sadly down into her tent. That's because she's hungry. She needs some marinated squid. So that day for lunch, Alexander's marinated some squid, some ice cold squid. Have you had squid before? I think so. I don't know if I have. What's his face was telling me the other night? I mean, we've had calamari. Yeah, but like squid, like squid, like octopus, like squid. We've had octopus for sure. Oh, I know. You mean I'm we've saying. had squid like we've had octopus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I don't think I have. I don't think I have either. I want to try it. Same. So. I used to be really into squids for a while. Like killer squids. You know, they kind of creep me out, to be completely Because honest. they're clicking beak mouths? Everything about them is absolutely terrifying. There, like, was some book, there was some book that was supposed to be like the big follow-up to Jaws. that was about a giant killer squid, and they made a movie. I think it was called like 
Prey, maybe? Wasn't there a TV movie There was a TV it? movie made about it, too. And I remember and being really into scary. that. scary. They're scary. The ocean's scary. It is. It's important that we have an ocean goosebumps book, you know? Yeah, it's a good, good an call. An ocean book. So Alexander was like, well, let's, we might as well have lunch. Brings up the squid, literally ice-cold squid that was in the fridge, marinating in squid ink. Yeah. And it's like, let's eat this. And when the mermaid sees the squid, she starts licking her lips and chomping. And Billy's like, you like that squid, baby? And then throws the squid into the tank, and she goes wild for it. Yeah, buck wild. And then this, like, we're like, this is so great, but what are we going to eat for lunch? Lol. Oh, I guess we're having cereal again. So Dr. Dude gets back, and they check the readings from the tank, and it turns out that she communicates through sonar, which means they're probably probably other mermaids yeah they're probably more than one clicking and snapping she, she gotta she gotta come from somewhere yeah oh. okay <laughs> did you hear that honk ladies and gentlemen Bang. so as the sunset that sets that night billy's sitting in his room staring at the porthole of the sunset and sheena bursts it bursts in and says billy billy the mermaid is gone so billy runs up to the deck and sees that the mermaid's there and it turns out sheena was just joking him and it was just a chapter break <laughs> That's some bull, Sarah. But Dr. D shows up and says, you guys, it's al- it's 6 o'clock. It's almost bedtime. And <laughs> really. And he says, not to worry. We'll be checking on her. She's fine. They're building a special lagoon for her with a reef and everything. Oh, yes. Typhoon lagoon. Yeah. So Billy can't fall asleep that night because he's just tossing and turning. Think about his mermaid girlfriend. And then a boat comes chugging up. And he peeps out his porthole. And he's a... <laughs> <laughs> and sees a boat, a boat pulling up, and there's four dark figures that hop out on board. Wow, I know. And this is toward the, we're getting towards the end, kind of. Good. And and Billy starts to run on deck, and and with all Sheena, hands on deck. Ooh, all in the front, all in the back, just like that. So he gets on deck and he sees that Dr. D is face down on the deck. There are four guys dressed in black with black masks. Hot. I know. So hot. And one of the guys has a billy club. Oh, you can say that again. (laughs) And the mermaid is screaming and they have... They have uh, dropped a net into the tank to get her out, and Sheena runs and like takes care of Doctor D, who's been knocked out, like that thing that happens where he's falling asleep for a couple seconds. Good night. I've been Billy clubbed. And Billy runs at one of the guys, and the Bitch. and one of like one of the guys with black mask, and the guy just brushes him off and is like, yes. "Leave me alone, kid." And the, and three guys manage to get her out of the tank. Don't touch me. And they she basically they have her in a net now, and Billy keeps charging at them. You can't. And, She's mine. And one of the the guy that he charges towards lifts Billy up with one arm and throws him into the tank. Goodbye. Wow. Wow. Where's Alexander this whole time? I don't know. And then Billy tries to get out of the tank, but it's too tall. He says, where is Alexander? Where is he? The men toss the mermaid onto their boat. And then all of a sudden, Alexander appears on deck. Yes. He's going to save the day. He's going to save the day. Alexander, help me. Help me. Attack the men. And Attack the men. <laughs> instead of attacking them, he says, is the mermaid safely on board? Have you got my money for me? All right. Let's get out of here. Wow. Oh no, traitor! I remember as a kid reading this, think I can't trust nobody. Me too. No one can be trusted if I can't trust Alexander Dubrow. <laughs> I can't trust nobody. Uh-uh. That's one of the first things I think of when I think of this book. I think of him. I don't trust no. I think man. of that turncoat. Yes, that's what I think of. And B- Billy says, "How could you? How could you do that to me?" And Alexander says, "Honey, they're going to pay me twenty million dollars. Twenty million. Wow. You know arithmetic, Billy." What, wow. Which one would you choose? Wow. One million or twenty million? He's got a good point. And Billy says, "You." He says, "You rat." 
and Alexander steps over Dr. D to get into the boat. And then Dr. D grabs his uncle. Ouch, mine uncle. Ow, my uncle. And Alexander falls hard on his elbows, elbows and, and knees. knees. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> He's, he, got, he calls back to the other men's. And says, help me. Two, there are four other guys, by the way. Two jump back on board, grab Dr. Grab Dr. D and holds him. And Sheena tries to kick them. But the third man jumps back on board wow. and pins her arms. Ouch. And they say, do we kill them? Yes, let's kill them. They'll yes. tell the police. And he says, no, no, let's not kill them. Let's put them in the tank. You're going in the tank. So they throw Dr. Deep and Sheena into the tank. And for these reasons, I'm out. Shark tank. First into the shark tank is Aaron Krause, who believes his product will make everyday cleaning easier. Hi, sharks. And Dr. D says, how could you? They close the tank lid and it's heavy steel mesh with clamps on the outside. Again, very sexy. And then the men push the tank into the ocean with the two, three of them inside. This is so confusing to me, but yeah, there's water in the tank and it has a steel mesh top on it and they push the tank into the water and their bodies are slammed against the glass sides of the tank and it starts to sink. Wouldn't it sink pretty fast? Yeah. But in the book, it takes, they say, it's oh, it's going to take about two minutes for it to sink. And I'm like, what do you mean two minutes? I don't know. Anyway, so they try and push out the sh- to, of the steel mesh, but they can't quite reach it because it's too deep. It gets, it's confusing. Yeah. And they find, a ti- they find a tiny latch on the inside and use one of Sheena's barrettes to unlock it. I'm so afraid. Dr. D pounded his fists against the glass tank wall, trying to break through. I ran my hands all along the top of the tank, looking for a weak spot in the screen. Then I hit something, a tiny latch. I fumbled with it, trying to open it. It's stuck. Let me try. (coughs) It's jammed shut. Maybe we can loosen it with this. Yes, that's right. And then they push and they realize, oh no, there are two other latches, but they can't reach them. What are they going to do? And by this point, the water has nearly risen to the top of the tank. Soon it would come rushing in on them. Wouldn't it have already happened? Yes, I think. What? And then as they slowly start sinking, the water starts churning around them and they hear a shrill, high-pitched whistle. Sounds like a lot of sirens, eerie wails, louder, closer, and then suddenly dark, shadowy forms swirl around the tank and then a face appears and then more faces, girlish faces Faces. with menacing eyes. Dozens of mermaids rocking the tank. Rock the boat, rock the boat, work the middle, work the middle. And they start smacking their tails in the water. Again, very sensual. And they seem angry. It seems like, oh no, they want revenge. Oh no, they want revenge. And Billy's like, oh no, they're pulling us under there. No, no, they're pushing us up. They're pushing the tank up against the Cassandra. And they're popping up with them clamps. And pulling that. that, Jiggle that clamp. Don't stop. Pop until the clamps get wet. And they pull the screen off. And then Dr. D put, this must be hard. They're in a tank that's six feet tall with water in it. And they put, Dr. D pushes Sheena on board, then Billy, then gets himself on board. The mermaids have saved them. And Billy's like, we have to save that other mermaid, right? 
But hey, Al. We have to save Mermaid. And Billy tries to talk to the mermaids and say, help us. Can't you take us to her? Please, please help us. And then one dark-haired mermaid with an extra long tail who seems to be like the leader starts whistling and chattering to the group. (laughs) I can't whistle. That's that's pretty good. That's the best. Just put your your lips together and below. Yes, honey. And they start to form a long line stretching out into the ocean like an arrow, kind of. Like a single file line. Follow your arrow wherever it points. And they they start swimming in that that single file line. And Billy's like, we've got to follow them. And Dr. D says, it's too dangerous. And, And... Billy's like, well, it's not like we can call the police or something. So they hop in that dinghy and they follow the mermaids and they race for about 15 to 20 minutes to a small deserted cove with a boat resting near the shore. Kisser's Cove. Kisser's Revenge. And it's a boat. It's that boat. It's the men's boat, yes. obviously. With the lights are off and they realize, oh, they must have gone. They must be sleep. <gasps> Shh. They sleep. Don't wake daddy. And Dr. D cuts the motor off. As they get closer. Ow. Ouch. Ow. Don't cut my motor off. I need that. And they realize that the water and the air is gone still. And they realize the mermaids have gone. Where are they? But then they see that. Where have all the cowboys gone? But then they see that their mermaid, Billy's mermaid, is tied to the back of the boat. Just sadly floating in the water. And then then it it turns out the mermaids haven't disappeared. They're back, and they start to start to fan out around our sweet mermaid, working at the rope with their tiny pink fingers, yes. trying to pull her free. And as they do that, a torch appears in the boat, and they he- and they hear somebody scream, "Hey, what do you think you're doing? <laughs> Stay out of the basement!" And the the men's in the boat are awake, and one man with that man with the torch starts swinging it at Billy and Doctor D and Sheena. And They're then, trying to set the dinghy on fire, and Alexa- Alexander. Alexander. Alec- Alexander. I have a bit of an art question. As you know, Alexander. Alexander. Oh. Alexander. Alexander. Say Alec. Alec. Alexander. Alexander. Call me Bob. Just call me Bob. Appear on the boat and they start yell and they set the dinghy on fire. Yeah, they did. Is this book not full of danger? It's wild. So what wild and crazy kids? Ooh, wild things. Doctor D or- says Sheena, start pouring buckets of water on the fire, and Billy beat it with that life jacket. Good. Beat it. The kidnappers just yell, 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 and they say they. She's getting away. The mermaids are getting away with the mermaid. Oh no. And she's gone. And one of the guys, one of the guys grabs Billy and asks him, What did you do with the mermaid? What did you do? What did you do? Do you know what you did? Do you know where she is? She's gone. And another one of the guys swings a club at Dr. D and like a Billy club. Tries to kick him, but he dodges. And I would just like to repeat, this is happening between boats. Yeah. Like the guys are in their big boat, and then Dr. D and Sheena and Billy are on their dinghy, but like the men are reaching over the boat and like trying to punch and swing and kick. Yeah, I wish people had seen me when I was listening to this on the road. I was just singing traffic because this was so action packed that I feel like I had a, a gape mouthed maw on my face. Oh, I was so... yes. So one of the guys grabs Billy and Sheena pries the kidnapper's hands off of him, but another man, another man grabs her and throws her to the floor. It is in taunts. Yeah. And 
even after a kidnapper has kicked the bucket out of Sheena's hands, they have managed to put up, put the put out the fire on the dinghy. Yeah. And um, one of the guys jumps on the dinghy and starts to throw them in the water. Or, oh no, sorry. One of the guys says, "We've got to jump on the dinghy. We've got to jump on them and throw them into the water, basically." And we've got to kill them. But before they can do that, their big boat starts rocking. Starts a rocking and a rolling, splishing and a splashing. Slowly at first, and then violently, which sounds like a lot of fun to me, genuinely. Yeah, let's and do it. And the guys hold onto the rails of the boats for their lives, and the mermaids have appeared again, and they're going crazy on that boat, slapping it with their tails and rocking slap, it. Slap, 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 slap. And then Dr. D and Billy and Sheena um, leave. They get in their dinghy and get out of there. Get the, Bye. And they see that their mermaid is safe and sound and swimming freely. Sound and safe. And the, and Billy's so glad. And Dr. D says, we're going to come back and get her tomorrow. And Billy's like, oh, man. We're Do you s- promise? After, no, Billy, no. Billy's like, after all of this, we're still going to try and capture that mermaid. After everything we've been through. So the next morning at breakfast, get my coins. Billy and Sheena talk about how they'd never trade a mermaid for millions of dollars. How they'd Stupid never do it. kids. The next morning, Sheena and I met in the galley. We were fixing our own breakfast since Alexander was gone. Sheena spooned some cereal into her mouth and chewed with a thoughtful look on her face. Do you think the mermaid went back to the lagoon? Probably. That's where she lives. Sheena, if someone gave you a million dollars... Would you show them where the mermaid lives? No. And I was like, girl, try and, pay, try and be an adult and pay your bills. Yeah. And in that, they hear a bo- bo- boat approaching. And oh, it, no, it's Mr. Showalter and Mrs. Wickman. Miss Wickman. She wow. ain't married. Oh, oh, I didn't see a ring on her finger. She don't need a man to make it happen. Yeah. She don't need a man to make her happy. Yes, that's right. She gets off being free. Do you know that song? Is it like the Pussycat Dolls? Yeah. Anyway, so... They get they get on board and they and and Billy and Sheena are overhearing their conversation and Miss Mr. Showalter and Miss Wickman say that they have word from a fisherman on Santa Anita that the mermaid's been found. They're like, we heard you found the mermaid. We're ready to take now her. Show with us now show us the maid. Here's the check for one million dollars, Doctor D. We've glad we've glad we made it out to you, Doctor Deep, and the Cassandra Research Lab, and and. Billy's like, oh no, what, what is he going to do? Is he going to take the check? Please don't take the check. Money can make people do terrible things, but it's good they think we're dead. Please. Please, please, please. And then Dr. D says, thank you very much, and takes the check. No, no, chapter break. And then he takes the check, and he rips it in half. <gasps> and he says, I can't take the money. And they say, what are you saying, Dr. Deef? He said, you sent me on a wild goose chase. I searched these waters thoroughly ever since you left, but... I found out that I'm now more convinced than ever that mermaids do not exist. Yay! Billy screamed to himself. And Miss Miss Wickman says, well, what about the fishermen's stories? And Dr. Deep says, no. The loker fishermen. The local fishermen have told mermaid stories for years. For years. I think they believe they've seen, they've really seen mermaids rising through the mist. They, I think they believe they've really seen mermaids rising through the mist on foggy days. But what they have seen are only fish or dolphins or manatees or even swimmers because mermaids don't exist. They are fantasy creatures. (laughs) 
Are you sure about this? Mr. Walter asked. Completely sure, my uncle replied firmly. My equipment is very sensitive. It can pick up the tiniest min minnow. We respect your opinion, Dr. Deep, Mr. Showalter said. You're the, the leading expert on exotic sea creatures. That is why we came to you in the first place. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, said Dr. Deep. Then I hope you will take my advice and drop your hunt for a mermaid. I guess we'll have to, said Miss Wickman. Thank you for trying, Dr. Deep. Like the most presentational conversation you've yeah, ever heard. Yeah, most polite and they leave and sheena and billy come out of hiding and hug dr dean and say you're the best we agree we'll always keep this our family secret do you promise so billy says he still wants to say goodbye to his mermaid right i never got a chance to say goodbye to my mermaid so after lunch sheena and dr d take mermaid. a nap because doc, she and dr d can't take a nap because they take a nap because they can't possibly stay awake yeah for sure they can't and B billy goes up snorkeling snorkeling past the reef again then he, then he goes snorkeling and he goes past the reef again and he feels that tug on his leg and he goes sheena he's feeling the itch again sheena but no no, no one was behind him because it probably was seaweed. He goes, no, actually, it was probably my mermaid. Mermy, are, is it you? And then he sees a head pop out of the water in this gigantic slimy green head with one enormous eye oh, and 12 no. tentacles and a mouthful of jagged teeth. And that's how the book ends. Ooh, we're going to do that thing that we do. We're going to read the first paragraph and the last paragraph of the book to make it one sexy, short, sweet book. Here's Deep Trouble. There I was, 200 feet under the sea. Would they believe me this time? Credits. Ooh, what an exciting book. I gave this book a B. You know, I think that's apt. it was pretty wild and dangerous, but really was more fantasy than horror. Yeah, there was a lot of fantasy creatures in it. But I really got it really got me good. Yeah, I think it I think this one's a lot of fun. I'm gonna get ya. You're gonna get ya. And I love the way the the audiobook ends and I'll, I'll I love the way you love me yeah and I'll I'll, inc I'll include that at the end at the very end of this episode or whatever but yeah Ooh. it was fun to have a we're trying different environments going different locations yes. like now we're feeling what our summer oats are like like us out in the middle of the water sure. trying to get scared there I like it I and I, we have to wait a very long time for deep trouble we too. do we do yeah um it's almost like 50 or 40 books or so away. Something like yeah, that. Yeah. Quite a while. So up next, we have The Scarecrow Walks at Midnight, which, isn't that the first Goosebumps book you ever read? No, One Day at Harland is, remember? Oh, I thought it was Scarecrow Walks. It was the second one that you read. The yes, that's correct. Yes. Yes, The Scarecrow Walks at Midnight was the second Goosebumps book I ever read, and it, one of my ultimate favorites. I am very, very excited I about it. I can't wait to talk about it. We are in a real sweet spot of Goosebumps books Ooh. as far as I'm concerned. We're in a real pink porthole. Yeah, we, we really are. I'm, I'm trying to be in a pink porthole later tonight. Ooh! Woo! Um, Deep Trouble at Scarecrow Walks at Midnight Go, Ghost Speech is coming up to Go Eat Worms is number 21 It's just gonna get better it's and better It's just gonna get better and better Which is a really exciting time it's, so Goosebumps is really hitting its stride don't stop listening Tell your friends Tell your friends and Tweet comment us and subscribe comment. Write comments on iTunes If you have any questions or some things you wanna chat about Or, you, or just some great feedback Some wonderful feedback Email us at welcome to deadcast at gmail.com. I've heard people calling it just deadcast instead of welcome to deadcast, and I'm also okay with that too. I'm cool with that You're too. You're listening to deadcast. That works for me. Yeah, I mean, I dig it. That's what, isn't, isn't that what, uh, this is uh, what Deborah Forte said. If Deborah Forte said if it. Deborah then, Forte said it, girl. Then, then it's good as gold. That is the gospel truth. Thanks for joining us. And tune in next time if, if you, you dare. dare. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
R.L. Stein, created by Parachute Press and published by Scholastic Incorporated. This audio adaptation was produced and distributed by Walt Disney Records. I don't know when, I don't know how, but I know something's starting right now. Watch and you'll see.